0: Hello again, my name is Nicholas McInerney, writer, teacher, podcaster and Rainbow Dad. Together with Richard Shannon, I produced the first series of Rainbow Dads in 2019. We had an amazing response from you, our listeners. The podcast introduced us to some wonderful LGBT plus organisations, earned several nominations and even won an award. But most moving was the sense that the lives we were sharing included yours. You weren't alone. So here we are with series two of Rainbow Dads. Four interviews, four dads, four extraordinarily different stories. These include coming out in the army, struggling with sex addiction, how a love of cricket Mm -hmm. led to self-acceptance and how being a gay dad becomes a lot more complicated when you also have a gay dad. Once again, we hope you find in these stories both the big events and the small but illuminating details, a mirror. We hope you enjoy Rainbow Dads 2. Welcome to Rainbow Dads 2. I'm absolutely delighted to have here with me uh, Manish Modi, uh, my new and my next Rainbow Dad, and by George, has been on a fascinating and interesting journey. But I'm going to ask him the question that I've asked all my Rainbow Dads to begin with. I'm going to say, Manish, can you just give me five words which you think best describe you?
1: Um, passionate, hmm. um, energetic, Emotional, um, caring, and fifth one. Oh, my God. Amazing. Um, Funny.
0: Funny. Good. Fantastic. It's really interesting how we choose to describe ourselves. I'm going to come back to these at various points when we talk about your journey. Um, Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor and privilege. Oh, no, it's our honor. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about your background, where you were born and your early childhood and what that was like for you. Because I think that for our audiences that is going to really open up an understanding of new worlds and cultures and all sorts of things. So tell me about that.
1: So um, I was born in India, um, in a seventh biggest city called Ahmedabad, um, in a Hindu family, uh, which I've got the same namesake as India's prime minister. Um, And I grew up in a sporting family same time alongside a business uh, uh, family and um, since a childhood I've always played cricket uh, because it came in my genes mm-hmm. uh, because my my dad uh, is a huge fan of cricket and even though every time every day when we speak on the phone um, we talk about have you watched the cricket today oh he didn't play well and things like that um I've got an elder brother who is a nine years older than me. Yes. And I've got a younger sister. She's three years younger than me. So you're the middle so child. I was the middle child, and I was the favourite of all of them because I was very clever in the studies. And in our Indian culture, if somebody's a bright and clever, he would be favourite. So with uncles and aunts and cousins, I was the one who was, like, loved. and. Uh,
0: because you are quite academic as a boy.
1: Yeah, yes. uh, Quite bright, and my other siblings were not. <laughs> um, and my mother, she she was a housewife. Um, she was beautiful. Um, she 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 always uh, like raised us well, gave us a good cultural um, lessons and everything. Yes, yeah.
0: yes. And did your your parents? They seemed to be very happy together. It seemed to be a marriage that worked well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, our culture indian culture is more about compromising a lot yes. and you always stay together uh, in a good days bad days so um, my mother sadly passed away in 2012 with a long illness uh, mm. with a liver cirrhosis right. uh, and they had a beautiful life together um, and my, my my dad is my hero he yes. always told us that um, to be a content man in a, in my mother tongue gujarati he said Oh, you needed three things to be a happy man called gadi wadi and ladi so gadi means a good car yeah. wadi means a big house with a big garden yes and ladi means a good beautiful wife and he had all three of them so they had a beautiful life together
0: let's talk about a couple of other aspects of your childhood what part did um your religion play or your sense of spirituality play because i think i think our audience would be really interested to know if that was a part of your
1: daily life? Was that something that was that was was, was a real presence for you? It was very much so. Uh, I I was born and raised in a Hindu family. Yes. So I remember my childhood days that every weekend we had to go to temples with yes. parents. And my mom was very much uh, religious than my father uh, is. And uh, then uh, at age of 12 I was sent to a boys uh, religious boarding school where um, I, I was there for four years because my parents wanted me to be a good boy. What yeah. does a good boy mean? So the Manish? good boy is more like you are respecting a woman, you're you not becoming more like a playboy in that culture, uh, in that generation it was like. So you, you are just focusing on studies. Uh, you get a good degree. Um, if you're playing cricket, you'll be a good player. Yes. Things like you are respecting your elders. So that yes. is a good question. So a good.
0: in a sense you're doing, you already intimated, we talked before, you talked about how some of these values are, are absolutely <clears throat> intrinsic to Indian culture, respecting yeah. for elders. So obviously going to school to become a good boy was, was somebody who was absolutely embodied those yeah. values.
1: It is indeed, like you go to school, you get a good education, you come home, respect your parents, yes. um, respect all your other elders, Uh, Whenever they're coming to visit you, you touch their feet, take their blessings. um, And that's the shine of your showing it to your relatives and your family that he's a very good boy.
0: When you went off to this, it was an all-boys school. Was it a boarding school? Was it a day
1: school? So it was a religious boarding school. So. You actually stay in there. Um,
0: Did you... So here's the question for you. At what point did you start to realise that maybe you were looking at the other boys with uh, more than just, you know, a friendly eye?
1: One day, on myself, I was watching Marlon Brando's movie Uh called Last Tango in Paris. Very
0: famous film.
1: Indeed, indeed. Mm. I had no idea what was the movie about. Um, (laughs) I just got a DVD, and uh, I remember... um, I rented it, started watching the movie, um, and I was by myself. And uh, then there's a famous butter scene. There is indeed. Um, which I didn't know about. Yeah. And when I was watching that butter scene, I realized I had a attraction yes. towards uh, Marlon Brando. Yes. And so the, not only it made me realize that um, I'm attracted to, to men mm-hmm. at and that you, point. And you
0: had that you had that realisation immediately, it was immediately.
1: Clear. Instead of towards that girl in the movie. Right. Um but towards Marlon Brando it also made me realize that I was only attracted to a mature man from then on. Right. So like age over fifty.
0: So so at that moment, it kind of imprinted on you yeah. a kind of template for the kind of guys that you find sexy. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. We're talking to uh, another of the Rainbow Dads yesterday, he had a very similar experience uh, in a swimming pool when he was very young, 12, and an older guy, and exactly the same thing. It was almost as if in that moment was forged as a kind of template for desire, for what he finds particularly exciting. So you have this experience watching Marlon Brando, who was when he was younger was just fantastically good looking in things like streetcar. But even in um Last Tango, he has this kind of slightly brutish kind of quality that's very sexy. Did you go and seek kind out of other porn to watch? Did you yes, so did, did that kind of spark your imagination?
1: Indeed. So when I realized that I was particularly attracted towards the mature men. Yeah. But growing up back in Ahmedabad there was no way I was going to meet any other mature man there, because we, had, we did not have that time, um, LGBTQ plus uh, yes. so, um, uh, groups or yes. anything, but um, I ended up watching uh, straight movies, but as long as there was an older man in that. Right. And my imagination was towards that older man, and I used to please myself, yes. and, uh, and that's how I lived.
0: Do you think that be, because you seem to have decided on the kind of guy that you found attractive, do you think that kind, of, that kind of made your homosexuality more acceptable to you because it was a particular type of guy, an older guy?
1: Yeah, it has, and I think... Can uh, you talk a little bit more about that because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, so when I realized uh, watching that movie, um, I straight up accepted that. Um, in the sense, yeah, that's my type. That, that's the kind of man I'm attracted to. And um, there was no, and it's the same, you know, like when you are a teenage, that's where you're exploring your sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it was a first attraction. So it was before woman.
0: Yes. Normally,
1: yes. Uh, my other childhood friends, they were uh, getting attracted to the woman at the same yes. time. And I, I had the attraction for that. So it just straight. Straight away, I realised I'm attracted to a mature men, and they, they, that's that's how it's well, going. that's to be. very
0: inter- that seems of quite a grown-up, mature kind of thing to be. I mean, I was just terribly confused about my sexuality and thinking, do I like this? Do I like that? But what's interesting about your story is that you very quickly came to a determination that there was a particular type of guy that you found really sexy, and that was kind of it seems like it was almost a relief to kind of think do you know what i really like those guys wow thank you you know yeah, i know I, where, I know i know where i sit in that kind of in I, a gay world a
1: part of it what helped me is that age where i was yes. where normally um, anybody realizes what you do sexually and yes. that time i was a 15 years old with with the indian generation i think that is the age like of, right. uh, in my generation was 15 16 you start doing the stuff yeah. um But like when I was growing up, all I would hear um, about queerness from my uh, heterosexual friends, they said, oh, I I went to that public urinal for a pee and there was a queer guy who was just uh, standing next to me and smiling at me. And I said to myself, that's not me. I never wanted to do that. I just wanted to meet somebody who's a mature man in a normal manner, have a proper date and things like that. But I was scared about my family expectations. So I carried on watching a straight porn with an older man. Even, I did not watch a gay porn because A, there was no facilities to get a gay porn. Yes. Because the shop you're going to rent, he would probably know, the guy would probably know (laughs) your elder brother. (laughs) He would say, tell somebody. Issues in my mind were at that time that if they find out, I might get kicked out of the house. Yes, um, I yes. would be on the street. Yes, things like that. Was that something you seriously thought might
0: happen? Or was that? Oh, just
1: definitely, it was back in my mind. Um, uh, knowing that I might probably be thrown out okay. of the house, or on, and other things they may m- probably would do, which which uh, um, I have heard from other uh, my. Uh, Pakistani friends that they would probably do religious stuff on you because they m- m- uh, might think that um, he's got some malicious things has happened. Because in my generation, there was not such a thing called gay uh, or being a lesbian or anything. You yes. just think like somebody has done a black magic. It's on like, a,
0: like a, a, an exorcism to exorcise a, d- a demon or something, an exactly. evil spirit. Exactly. So uh, I suppose the, 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 the obvious example over here is, is this idea of conversion therapy that somehow you can pray the gay away. Yeah. That if you go to a that religion, will help you become a straight person. Um, what about getting married? Tell me about that, did that make you think that maybe you could be that straight person or be a good boy?
1: Um, So my marriage was like a a Bollywood drama because (laughs) um, A, I come from a really good family and my uh, mother, um, she had a long illness called liver cirrhosis and as you, probably know our Hindu wedding goes on for a week and that's the beauty about it I love Indian weddings
0: yeah have you seen, you've seen Monsoon Wedding oh it's one of my favorite I adore movies. that movie
1: and I used to uh, and I still do fancy Nasruddin <laughs> <son, laughs> who, who, who is a famous character yes and yeah. that was one of the movie I, I used to movie. watch it as a hidden, and yeah. uh, there was a bad scene between Lillet Dubey and Nasruddin I Shah I must go back and watch it again like I just shorts. love that movie it's a beautiful movie mm-hmm. it actually tells you a real a story about a higher class which yes. is my family yes. but they, we, we we think that hang on they're a rich Indian family they, they wouldn't have any issue but they do because they want to show a Showing off in India is all about showing off at the wedding. So status
0: is important very much And important to show everybody that you've got, you know, all these 300 guests and you know, and this fantastic In in
1: UK you would go on holidays to cruise or go to Australia or US countries But in India the Indian family would not do that But uh, what they have to do is they have to spend a lot on the wedding. So the numbers are bigger Yes you got a big name in the society. So my uh, waiting thing was, I never had that pressure because they first they wanted me to get a good education and I was the only hope in the family because my elder brother and younger sister, they were not good in the education at all. So, and my father um, who had a degree, a master's degree, he always said, you are the only hope and I really, and for him it was like he was surrounded by friends who had, uh, and they always talk about, oh my son is a doctor, my son is an engineer. <laughs> yeah. So once he said to me, you are the only hope I have, and I was doing an MBA mm-hmm. um, in a Madras, which calls Ch- uh, uh, Chennai now. Yes. And I remember I was in my last semester, I went back to my sister's wedding for a week, and uh, my mother, um, She loved my sister, in the sense, um, and my my sister was like overspoiled. And she took an extra stress, and four days before her wedding, Mm -hmm. uh, my mother had a half paralysis attack, so she was uh, admitted into hospital, and we knew her uh, medical background that uh, she had a long-term liver cirrhosis, Uh, we thought, she may not even survive till the oh wedding. Heavens. So I went to ICU to visit her. And um, I remember my, f- uh, my mother's face at that time. Um, and she looked at me and she only said one thing to me like this. I wish I could have seen you married as well. Because I was the only one left yes. to be married. And I did not say anything. So I came out of ICU. And my brother and my father said to me, there is a girl. We will find it so within three days um, my marriage was arranged and I remember um, there were about 2,000 guests
0: you had 2,000 guests and at your and the
1: funny thing about that is like out probably uh, 1700 I did not had met in my life before probably didn't even know they would come to me and say they came to me and said oh I am your aunt's cousins. <laughs> Uh, Sister-in-law, and I said, oh, good for you. (laughs) Things like that. But the emotional side of that is uh, the hospital where my mother was, the doctor was a good friend of mine. And he said to me, I cannot assure anything, Manish, here. So um, he said to me, I will allow your mother to come to your wedding for only half an hour. So she came in the wheelchair. And if you look at the DVD of my wedding, I was standing with my ex-wife, and like you, you're supposed to be happy. And I had tears because seeing my mother like that.
0: So what people thought were tears of happiness were tears of sadness because I think
1: there were sadness. People knew that he's seeing his mother like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There (laughs) is no such a thing called at your wedding as tears of happiness (laughs) because it's an arranged marriage. Um, But (laughs) miraculously, after my wedding. Um, my mother started having a therapy for her uh, yes. paralysis. headache. And she fully recovered, and yeah. I thought, "Thank you, mom. You changed my life." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I got married.
0: So how was your marriage initially? Wait, you, you know, you've, how was your relationship with your with your wife? you know um i'm was
1: terribly it, nervous um because i had not uh, had any any sex not even a gay or a straight sex gosh at that so point. you were
0: completely virginal when you got married either gay or straight
1: absolutely that, that's how is that is like you uh, to be
0: i was gonna say that is is that not uncommon in india to be you know a, a virgin when you get married or is there an expectation that you have some sexual experience
1: No, it's uh, in my generation, it was always like that, Mm -hmm. that you would not have even have a girlfriend at the time. Like um, my my dad used to joke with me. um, um, He used to say that you can have a snack outside, but do not bring it home. (laughs) So they they won't expect you to have they would probably have a girlfriend, but do not expect to get married because the expectation is we want to decide who you're going to get married. So um, that was just a joke. Um, but like, in a society, in my generation growing up, it was always like, yeah, he's a virgin. He's supposed to be virgin. Yes. And if they find out that he had a girlfriend, you are not a good boy. Yes. So when I got married, I was really nervous and knowing that I'm a gay man, how am I going to sexually perform? So did you,
0: moving forward, did you manage to have an active sex life with your wife? Was that something you were able to do, did you?
1: Totally, I buried my all gay feelings um that did you f- I'm, I'm i'm a married man uh, I, I just used to think that i'm a married man now yes that's gone um like i mean back in my heart i still had that feeling for a um older man yes but i knew that th- there's nothing going to happen so sometimes i still had those dvds or on the hard drive i still used to
0: did you fantasize about older men whilst you were making love with your wife
1: never i never did that Um, it was just like she was my wife um, and it was just a straight sex. Um, There was expectations of having a child from the family. Uh, What what was so-called having a boy Uh, to grow a family tree. Um, Coming from a cricket background, I thought I'm going to have a son and I'm going to make him a cricketer, which I couldn't be at the professional level. So
0: you were kind of already imagining what you would do for your children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the fantasizing... Um, of older men was still back in my mind, but not ha- when having a sex and you, with my you wife. You
0: managed to push that down to repress that.
1: Indeed, yes. but when, when like my ex-wife was away at the time, I used to lock my door, um, watch those DVDs or hard drives yes. on the computer, yes. and just please myself.
0: Yes, and you had
1: children? Yes, I do. Um, um, I've got a beautiful daughter. Um, she actually changed her perception um, before she was born because I always thought I want to have a son because yes. I wanted my son to be a cricketer. But before she was uh, born, like when my wife was carrying her at age of three, yes. oh, sorry of oh, oh, sorry, on the third month, she started kicking. So I thought this is going to be a special child and um, I mean, I'm sorry to my ex-wife because she had to go through all that labor and things like that. Yes. And she was born, uh, she was meant to be a Christmas baby, which we never planned. Because in India, you don't plan it like that here. Yes. Uh, but that was, we we were told that she will be born on a f- um, 5th, 25th December. Yes. Um, but when my ex-wife was carrying her at six months, uh, my wife was taken, uh, ex-wife was taken into hospital. And then I I had an opportunity to come to UK at the same time. Yes, yes. So I had to make a decision because of my career. So we both uh, decided and the doctor said she cannot come with you because the original plan was she would come with me and we would give our...
0: But she was still pregnant, yes?
1: She was pregnant and we would. uh, my daughter would uh, be born born in the the UK UK Mm -hmm. because you think in that way that if she was born in UK, then in the future she can have a British. She has dual nationality. Yes. Indeed, which she would probably still have now. Yes. Um, but my ex-wife wasn't allowed because of her health. Yeah. So I came to UK um, on a highly skilled migrant program, yes. um, which was one of those immigration programs. I had an MBA. So I came on a 20th August 2004. And my daughter was born four months after in India, and uh, I wasn't there. You weren't there, how do because, you feel about that? Um, I I feel in two ways, in the sense I think that because I had to build my future here, uh, thinking that, and, and it wasn't for me, it was for my daughter and my ex-wife at the time, because I was totally straight back in my mind. So, um, thinking in that way, you. I wasn't there, There was, and you think that yeah. uh, my ex-wife's health reason, she couldn't be here. So you think of practical reason. But over the years, you think about, wish I was there for yeah. my daughter's birth.
0: But there's that, but also, surely, you were also away in a strange country. There were freedoms and opportunities, perhaps, to explore your sexuality in a way that would... Um, that could be one interpretation in a way that means you don't have to be accountable to anybody. Did that, did that not go through your mind as well?
1: Not at that point, because when I came to UK, um, I came in my mind that I, um, I'm moving to UK for a better career. Yes. My dad apparently wanted me to take over his business because of my business degree, but yeah. looking back how what my dad did for himself, that hardship, and uh, looking admiring him all my life, I said to myself, I'm not going to have an easy ride. I'm going to build my own empire here.
0: So you wanted to build your own empire as, as a kind of a tribute to the fact that your dad had done the same
1: thing. Yeah, because he's my hero. So there was nothing uh, back in my mind that I'm a gay man and I'm moving to UK. But then year and a half after, um, after I separated from my ex-wife because she did not like living here.
0: Right. So the reason why you separated was because she didn't want to live in the UK. She
1: came here. She did not like it, and uh, she decided to go back with my daughter, which was really tough, to ha- letting my yes. daughter to go with her. But I came to understanding that it's a right decision. S- but is it, this is fascinating.
0: It's fascinating because y- it seems like you're making decisions on a pragmatic basis but i can't help feeling that underneath it there must have been a, a conflict in terms of your own self identity and self acceptance as a gay man living in a country in which being outwardly gay is much more uh, tolerated and accepted did you just think in those practical terms or were you also thinking by oh my god this is an opportunity for me to 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 find that to find that older man
1: so um the first year and a half um, in UK, I was uh, like fighting with myself uh, with uh, within my own demands yes. inside, um, seeing a mature man on the street and saying that, oh, he's beautiful. But I had no idea how to meet someone. And A, I was married. I wanted to be loyal to my husband. But Manish,
0: ex-wife. the so- saunas are full of married men. You, kn- know you know that. So Cruising areas are full of married men. So you were, 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 it's it's like you're strangely innocent, uh, 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 an innocent abroad.
1: Oh my God. I mean, you wouldn't believe that, Nicholas. When I started my gay life after I got separated from my ex-wife, I had no idea how to meet someone. Wow. What if somebody back home will find out? Uh, Things like that, and I would be ashamed because I was separated, I was still married on the paper. Yes. uh, But the whole thing was... I didn't know about Sona. I did not know about cruising. I did not even know that what you do in a gay sex. Like, it's very funny. But you're right. I volunteer for Switchboard.
0: And uh, of the three questions that always get asked, one of them is... Um, um, how do you how do you have anal sex? It's interesting. It's, it, we, we, there's this massive assumption that that every gay man <laughs> knows every inch of his body, particularly his arse and his cock, and he knows exactly what to do with it and how to do with it and all of those things. Well, of course, that's not the case. But you, it sounds like you only really started to explore that once you'd separated from your wife. Yeah. So you're a man. So here's the good boy again, a man of honour who, even though he's in a situation that could be interpreted... In a, in a in a in a bad way back in his home country it's still in it, it, for your mind you wanted to still do it the right way
1: indeed because i was still scared i was still frightened but i thought about that uh, at the point that you got one life and you need to live it the yes. way you want and uh, i didn't want it to be one of uh, those other guys which is which everybody has got a different stories yes. um, where at age of 50 or 60 having a grandchild and you are coming out to your family yes. but i wanted my ex wife to find a another partner who would be a right person for her yes because i wasn't yes because i knew i was a gay man my my feeling at that point had already grown and i and i realized it that now i've got to live as a proud open gay man was there any
0: yes it, so it, you were, you can, you made very considered careful choices at each stage in the way um and and was there a so what was the point that you really kind of you really kind of told yourself you know i uh, i really must explore my sexuality find out what i like you know it sounds like you've held this image of this really hunky attractive older man don't we all (laughs) in your mind and of course he's sort of out there or is he out there how can i find him Did you have a sweetie, what I call a sweetie shop period where you were uh, out having a lot of uh, sexual experiences or was it something you took more carefully? How would you describe your your journey into your own gayness?
1: My first thing was I just wanted to meet a mature man. I had not met before that, so when I went on that website, uh, started exchanging the messages and I remember my first uh, experience meeting a man was uh, in a s- Starbucks cafe near uh, Tottenham Court Road yeah. and my legs were like trembling i was yeah. so nervous thinking that what if there is somebody on that corner um, knows me and knows my family back home and sees that why he's having a coffee with another man so in the middle of london who is not indian
0: So in the middle of london 8 million people 300 languages london one of the, the gr- one of the truly international cities in the world that you still felt that your family could somehow see what you really were
1: absolutely yeah. and when i met that uh, coffee date it did not go well yeah because i was totally nervous yeah. and i remember that person's name i remember where he is now and we never met again um and i think he did not realize that, and I did tell him that this is my first time, I've never met a man before. Yes. Uh, and uh, certain questions he asked me, which, which those innocent ones, yes. uh, which I had no clue. Yes. Um, but I'm glad I did that, because you always, once you take a baby steps, you always learn from that, yeah. if you want to, yeah. which I did.
0: Um, did you have gay friends at the time? I mean, you no. know, there's, there's,
1: there's going out to soreness, there's going out and having gays, having fun, not at at that stage at all I had no idea Nicholas that how I'm going to meet someone that was the first baby step that I had a coffee with somebody and then um, I had a coffee with another person uh, and I remember I met him at Victoria Station um, and that person uh, um, I was desperate to have a sex with uh, another man Um, I did kiss a man before that just a kiss on the street because I had a dinner date with another guy, yes. and that did not go anywhere. Um, but then that meant by the time I met the third person, I realized I'm really desperate to have a, make a love, what I call it, yes. to another mature man. Yeah. And when I met him, um, we had a coffee, and uh, somehow I just said to him, look, I want to make a love to you. And he came from Maidstone, um, and he said to me, I can take you to a place uh, which there are cabins where you can have a privacy and yeah. things like that so I had no idea where I was going. I uh-huh. just followed his lead and we ended up in a chariots water
0: chariots
1: <laughs> and we had a private cabin yeah. we made a love um he went his way I went my way um we kept in touch
0: um so so that was a really. That Sounds like that was quite a watershed moment for you. That how did that feel?
1: Oh, I loved it, yeah. I loved it in the sense that, um, that this is my start. You can imagine the And how old first.
0: were you, managed Then
1: I was a uh, 25, 25,
0: still quite young.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think it was the end of the year, um, in 2005 or 2006, yes. yeah, 25, 26, and so I'm a late starter. Yeah. Uh, I, I
0: came out at forty-five, so I'm, I'm even later than you are. So there's no there's no dishonour, you know. The yeah. journey, journey is the journey, wherever it, it is. Starts. Indeed. We, we've already alluded to cricket, and cricket runs through everything you do, like Brighton through a stick of rock. And I just wondered if you'd like to talk a little bit about. Your what cricket has 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 given you not just in terms of general aspects, but also for you as a gay man, what's it done for you? Because I think this is a really interesting area, and not something that we've looked at actually before in Rainbow Dads.
1: So I come from a uh, India, which is a cricket mad country. Exactly. <laughs> it's an unofficial religion, yeah. um, like where people worship the cricketers as a god, and they have temples on their name. So I grew up going to in the morning going to yeah. the cricket academy, then going to school or college in the afternoon, yes. and in the evening playing a street cricket. So I played a proper cricket, then I played what you have seen in an exotic marigold hotel where yes. Tom Wilkinson was playing the street cricket with a rubber ball. So I live cricket, and uh, I'm proud to say that. And when I found out through my friend Graham, uh, my ex-boyfriend Graham, um, he read that on one of those London magazines, which called I can't like remember. Like attitude it. or QX. No, 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 no. It it was it was like where you can see the theaters. For timeout, timeout. Yeah, that's oh, the one. Okay. And there was a little column about Grace's cricket club, and he knew about it. And he, and same time, I was playing cricket for Hamel Hempstead at a high level. And that was a straight team. That 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 is a straight yeah. team, and where people used to ask me a question, where's your wife, where's your kids? Yeah. And knowing that my ex-wife was going back to India and I was separated, but I could not tell them that I'm a gay man. And so cricket cricket is there, cricket was there, yes. but I couldn't be myself. Yes. But when I found out um, Grace's Cricket Club, um, I googled it, and there was a guy called, a contact number was called Dominic, who is an integral part, still integral part of a Grace's Cricket Club. and i contacted him and he said come to lords i said hang on lords lords is like uh, what it's, it's a like a high cr- temple isn't it it's a, creek, mecca, yeah. a mecca cricket it is the mecca cricket i had cricket. goosebumps when i went there first yeah. time because as back home in india growing up watching um, and one of my favorite cricketers Soro ganguly waving that t-shirt which was an insult of lords but yeah. i know the reason why he did that yeah. which i agree with him um, but they said we train at lords and i said I'll be there. And I remember I turned up, and they made me feel like from the first at first training session that I was one of them. And and over the years, they have been a huge part of my, being a proud gay man. I'm very grateful to particularly Grace's Cricket Club, because I live cricket, at the same time, I could be a gay man there, because I did not have to hide anything about yes. myself even though I told them I'm separated from my wife, I've got a kid, yeah. and they said there were other South Asian men yes. there who were in a similar situation. It's, it's,
0: you can't, over, you cannot overestimate how um, wonderful it is to feel able to be yourself, doing something that you absolutely love yeah. and just being yourself and not having to check what you say or any of that, just be... A gay man who you know I love playing rugby you know or playing cricket or whatever just being that person it it, it's it's very difficult to overestimate quite how important that is
1: yeah and um, I initially I felt like uh, I was top of the world and still is yes playing for them Um, but over the years they gave me that confidence Um, like just being around them there's no counseling there at the club um, now there is, because now there's a good structure in the club yes. and we have a social um, welfare officer where you can talk to and we do these things like this. And uh, But uh, like 15 years ago when I joined them, just being around them gave me that confidence. And they said to me, whoever or whatever background you come from, that does not matter to us. You are here to play cricket, you are a proud gay man, and, and that's what matters yes. to us.
0: about how you came out to your father and what his response was
1: um it's, it's, so uh, after my mother passed away in uh, 2012 um my father came to uk um he wanted to talk to me about my separated marriage and yes. things like that so he he asked me um are you going to get back to her because there's a society pressure on him and things like that you cannot carry on like because separation is not a good thing in india Um, So I said to my father, uh, initially that um, my cousins who are asking me to get remarried, I don't like that because I don't want to get married again. He said, that's fine. Because my my father is a man of a few words. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll tell them. Mm -hmm. They won't pressure you again. Mm -hmm. Then I said to my father. So he was turning into more like a goodness gracious me comedy sketch. and I was like (laughs) sweating (laughs) in a cold. (laughs) <laughs> like, I want to tell him, Yes. but I was holding myself back. Yes. T- and so the next thing I said, that, um, you know, I love playing cricket, and I want to play cricket all over the world. And he said to me, it's your life. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to do, you do it. And I'll always support you. And then I said to him, that I'm going to tell you something. Please promise me, if you don't like it, you won't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And he was laughing at me, and he said to me, What is it now to tell? Because there was conversations going on and on. Mm. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something like that. And I said, Dad, the reason why I can't get remarried, because I'm a gay man. And uh, there was a 10-second pause. And me having a silly humor, uh, I asked myself, does he know what gay is? But he did. (laughs) And the only thing he said to me, The one thing I can tell you is you promise me that you will always respect my status in the society. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, just make sure it's not going to hurt his status in the society. And I said that I will do that. And and that was the conversation and all done. and I did tell him that but he ha- was my hero. And you managed think, to do that.
0: Oh, at the beginning. And how did you feel about ha- th- that? conversation, having managed to finally say that to your father, how it did you like, feel?
1: It was like you could say it in English phrases like "monkey off your shoulder," yes. baggage, huge yeah. baggage. But next morning, I realize the life is still the same. Yeah, still my father.
0: The series is called Rainbow Dad, so the idea of being a father is, and, and that experience is very important. What kind of relationship would you lo- want with your own daughter uh, at moving forward, and where would that go? Just tell us a little bit about what you would hope for her. You know, uh, yes, just to kind of give us a sense of yourself, possibly being the hero to your own child.
1: So, uh, my daughter is uh, my daughter is a seventeen years old. Yes. um and uh, i have not spent much time with her but we are very close in the sense we speak to each other every day on the video calls um she does look up to me um and we talk about lots of things but there is again a father daughter communication your, does she know gap that you're gay? she does not know yet um i personally believe in my life uh, even the relationship or friendship or anything i do not believe in like telling something important on a whatsapp messages or <laughs> yeah. a video call yeah. <laughs> so i am going to come out to my f- daughter and i know she's going to accept me because she is my daughter end of the day i'm her father she she loves me a lot and um, i love her a lot of um and the right opportunity in the future and is like doing this uh, podcast with you gives me more confidence about myself That's wonderful. And, and and so things like that in the future i will look for the right moment um i think one of the things will be after she will be 18 yes. um, she will be herself yes. um, and is i'll, I'll she, definitely tell her is she growing up in
0: a world in which issues around sexuality are more relaxed indeed yes
1: i've, I've not had any lgbtq plus conversation with her yet, yet. but she is what you call a new india a new India. Tell us more about that. So the new India is, you got an LGBTQ plus yes, uh, group in Ahmedabad. They have a pride in Ahmedabad now. Fantastic. Um, You're going uh, to have
0: to go back and uh, march in it at some point.
1: I would love to. Um, I did, uh, last time I was in India in 2019, um, and I did not know about this LGBTQ plus group, which I found out from a journalist called John Holmes, who interviewed me for Sky Sports, and, um, for a rainbow weekend for ECB and he told me that you actually do have a pride march in Ahmedabad. So when I went back, I contacted them and I know the lady and her partner. uh, In the sense, I know the lady's mother because she comes from a very famous uh, background from Ahmedabad. So I contacted them, but I never heard back from them. It was like a Facebook messenger message. um, And they did not have any event what i would like to do next when i'm when i will be in india whenever yes i would like to go and attend one of their event and be a part of it i think you should it. promise
0: yourself that you're going to do that because think of the difference that you could make so um,
1: think of it's an extraordinary
0: journey that you've gone on manish yeah. you know cross cultural cross uh religions cross the you know the world yeah. in, in terms of your journey and how confident that has made you yeah um and right at the beginning of this conversation, I asked for five words. You said passionate, you said energetic, you said emotional, you said caring, and you said funny. And you've absolutely been all of those wonderful things for us. So I wanna thank you so very much and being one of our rainbow dads. Thank you, Manish. Maybe.
1: Thank you, Nicholas. And it's, it has been an honor, and I really hope um, sharing this would help uh, someone in a similar situation, um, who's someone who comes from a South Asian background
0: If you have been affected by any of the issues raised in Rainbow Dads 2, please contact LGBT Plus switchboard on um, 0300 330 0630. And if you have enjoyed Rainbow Dads 2, please consider donating. Any donation, no matter how small, will enable us to produce future podcasts and bring more diverse and engaging stories to a growing audience worldwide. In the next series, we would like to focus on Rainbow Mums and Rainbow Kids. Please donate if you would like to join us on this journey by hitting the gold button on the right-hand side of the podcast page. Thank you. Rainbow Dads 2 is edited and mixed by Thea Ricard with music by Mina. It is produced by Richard Shannon and Nicholas McInerney, with very special thanks to David Ledaine.